You will grow weaker each day until the moment Chen lifts the wedding veil and our eyes meet. Then you will pass from this world to live with the ancestors. <laughs> this will never work. I will tell the Swan Princess. Tell the whole world. <laughs> no one will ever believe you. As for your beloved Swan Princess, I have plans for her too. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am Christy, and I am fr- friends with my co-host, <laughs> Bree. <laughs> Thanks, I'm friends with you too. Hi, Thanks. I'm Bree. Yeah, we were starting off. <laughs> we're starting off the year with our usual bullshit. <laughs> But more importantly, we are starting off the year and this season by taking a look at the long-awaited Swan Princess 10. It finally happened. It's finally finally here. Finally fucking happened. To recap, for anybody who somehow missed any... uh, Because I'm sure I've brought this up at every other fucking time we've (laughs) talked about the Swan Princess. Is way, way back in... 2020 we're talking early 2020 like january um i of course was awaiting the release of the newest swan princess movie set to release in august of that year and we have a mutual friend named steve and the thing about steve is that even though he likes bad movies he doesn't seem to like bad princess movies. At least I have never been able to convince this fucker to come <laughs> one of my bad princess movie nights. He always refuses. And so one day, at after I think we had just finished watching all of the RoboCop movies. And, or no, it wasn't RoboCop. My apologies. It was the Highlander movies. And, <gasps> yeah. There can only be one. There's, there can be only one, except there were many, many sequels of declining yes. quality. <laughs> I've never actually seen any of the Highlander films. I just know of them. Oh, there! it's a magical adventure. One oh. day I shall have to take you on it. Oh, boy. But, um, yes, it was after watching the Highlander movies that I think we were just discussing about what other movies to, to watch. And uh, Steve, in a moment of weakness... <laughs> Ag- agreed to watch Swan Princess 10 with the caveat that I could not watch it beforehand. I the first time I watched it had to be with him. And I think he believed I wouldn't agree to this and that <laughs> he was a fool. <laughs> yeah, he was a fool. Um yeah, but I I leapt at the chance to force him to watch one of these fucking movies with me. And of course, uh, as we saw the way 2020 ended up being with the fucking global pandemic, it meant that it was not safe for any of us to hang out in a, in a large group of friends for a very fucking long time. So as a result, it has taken two fucking years, over two years, almost like two and a half years 
for us to be able to get together and watch Swan Princess 10. I I think I think he might have thought that you would sort of you would break. Like you wouldn't be able to make it mm-hmm. if he just held out long enough. I don't know. I, it's yeah. hard to get a straight answer. I it's it's hard to say. I I don't know either. It's <laughs> I, I here's the thing is that my willpower is often very lacking, but once it is activated and fixated, <laughs> it, is, it is laser pointed on a single object. And for the yeah. last two years, I have like not accomplished much, but I at least did not watch Swan Princess. 10. Oh my god! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. When Christy puts her mind to something, God fucking yeah. Just get out, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, it's do happening. not, do not come between her and her goal. Yeah, yeah. It will happen. God, it has been, it's been so fucking long. And we, we did, we, I, I, I should really spell this out for everybody, but over Christmas, Brie was in town, yeah. we got together with Steve, and we all watched Swan Princess 10 together. We sure did. I, I don't know if Steve enjoyed it. I don't think he did, but he at least watched it. <laughs> he enjoyed it enough to buy you uh, five McDonald's burgers. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, a big part of this episode is just going to be talking about Steve's fucking shenanigans at this. Also, please excuse me. I am recovering from being sick, so if uh, if you hear coughing distantly, that's just me dying in the background. <laughs> I'm okay. fine. Yeah, Bree had a great holiday. Uh. Um, but yes, he. I I mean, this is this would be this requires too much backstory to explain the history of Steve buying me way too much fucking McDonald's, but. <laughs> He ordered, I think it was something ridiculous, like, ten fucking hamburgers. Didn't tell anybody until, like, fucking DoorDash was on my doorstep with this pile of hamburgers. And after we had already ordered a pizza, Steve, we didn't need hamburgers. (laughs) And they had forgotten his fries. And we were like, we don't need fries. We have a pizza and and now ten burgers or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And then he like take he's like quiet and on his phone and it's like, no, he ordered more fries. He yeah. ordered like five large fries or whatever that came later. <laughs> yeah. That fucker. And then not not only that, but he he got oh god, I forget what they were, but they were some kind of like like cheesy poof thing. Or no, it was like a vanilla poof. Yeah, it was like it was the the consistency of a puff Cheeto, like a cheese cheese poof. Yeah, but they were like vanilla. They were yeah. sweet, and it was like a a like the height of a small child. This giant yeah, bag, it was enormous <laughs> giant bag of of like these these vanilla poofs, and he brought that, and and I I demanded that he bring them home at the end of the night because I am one person and I cannot eat an entire giant fucking bag of these vanilla poofs. And what did that fucker do? 
but they let like and Brie they gave Brie a ride home, so Brie had a fucking front row seat to all this shit. Is they left with the cheesy poofs, but then after I closed my door, they fucking he put it back on my doorstep he and did. then they drove away and then he texted me to go check outside. <laughs> And I knew immediately what he said to go check outside. I knew immediately what that fucker did. God. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve and his partner were very kind enough to, like, give me a ride home after after watching all of this and, like, hanging out for the evening. And so we're walking out and I'm like, I get into their car and I just see Steve coming <laughs> after like he had hung back a little bit and then like he came by afterwards and didn't have the bag anymore and i'm like oh no yeah well and and what's great too is that steve's partner thought she had accidentally left her cell phone in my place so she had to go back and move the bag of puffs aside so that i would let her in and like let her look for her phone and then, and here's the thing, is that after she let, because she turned out it was just in her pocket, so she leaves, and I close the door again, but I realized that this time she did in fact leave her gloves, and so I, like, quickly, I grabbed the gloves, and I opened the door, and I noticed she was standing off, like, a little oddly to the left-hand side, like, around a little corner of my front stoop, and I thought that was odd, I thought that was strange, <laughs> But you know what? I was like, oh, no, I shan't be suspicious because that's, like, you know, it's just maybe it just, just happens to She just happened to, like, stand yeah. a little off to the side. I shouldn't think anything of it. And then I fucking say goodbye again, close the door. And that a few minutes later, that fucker texts me to go look outside. <laughs> oh. And that's not even, that wasn't even all of it, too, because he also showed up because uh, we had talked about maybe getting him on the podcast to yes oh my god to discuss this so he didn't really want to do that but what he did instead is he brought a recording device and he left it like he just let it run for the entire evening so we have we have like three and a half hours of audio of us watching a movie and every so often like i because i kept forgetting about the recording device Oh. And I, I just kept so like every so often you'll hear me on this recording go, are you still recording us? And then he, he of course oh. laughs and he's like, yep. And then we, we all like chastise him. But then we keep forgetting that he's recording. <laughs> well, because at first he just had it in like his shirt pocket and then yeah. he takes it out and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so now and he's like, oh, you can and this use is, this for the podcast. This is after we were. He he was trying to get us to order the shakaroni pizza. Yes, fuck yeah! There, someone saw there's a, a, a pizza that we never even really ate. Ended up eating because we were too busy eating hamburgers. Oh my god! But he really wanted a shakaroni pizza, but we couldn't find the offer for it on the Canadian site. Oh, tragic. Maybe that's why he ordered McDonald's. He was pissed off that he didn't get the shakaroni. He couldn't have that shakaroni. No, I'm sorry, Steve, but just just how shit happens. Sometimes life gives you lack of shakaroni pizzas. <laughs> oh, oh, but yes, that was our adventure. So yeah, so that was the adventure. Yeah, of <laughs> just, just watching the Swan Princess Ted movie. So I will say, it was it was worth the wait. If anything, just for Steve's shenanigans alone. <laughs> 
No, like I used to work. Steve, Christy, and I all used to work in the same office, and this 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 sort of Steve shenanigan has been happening probably at least for the last decade on and off. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember yeah. the time that he wheeled in an entire, like, two-layered cart full of Arby's curly fries. Yeah, yeah, that was that was his thing for a while. Yeah, this ties into, like, the abundance of McDonald's hamburgers, is that his, <laughs> he, he likes to do this thing where he orders you a shit ton of a single item of food, <laughs> and then you're and it's, it's, it's always the way you like it. Yeah. He will make it the way you like it. Yeah, that's the but... thing, is... <laughs> Like the first instance of it was like uh, the the rainbow sprinkled donuts from Tim Hortons that he got like dozens and dozens he of got these several donuts. dozens of yeah. just the sprinkled donut, just the sprinkled donut, and then yeah, it was the curly fries, um, and then at one point he also brought a literal giant garbage bag of movie theater popcorn, <laughs> um, and that <laughs> that one ended up. <laughs> that one ended up I did eat some of it and this is at the office so other people partook but it was just so yeah, much this popcorn was, and this was after I left like I had already yeah. moved oh you weren't there okay you weren't there for popcorn I, I was not there for the for the garbage bag okay. of popcorn I don't think it, the garbage bag of popcorn like eventually it obviously got stale and then by that point for a little while um, and this tells you what kind of office we were working in but I, I, eventually we started using it as a beanbag chair. <laughs> God. Um, I forget how long it was there for. It was to a point that we had to start warning people, don't eat the popcorn because it has been there for a long time. Ugh. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, Steve. We sadly don't work together, um, probably for the best because... <laughs> I don't know how many more shenanigans I could have taken. <laughs> um, so yeah, lest anyone worry, it's it's a mutual shenanigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may I, have watched Swan Princess 10, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had it coming, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. God. Oh. <laughs> uh, but with that, all of that out of the way... I guess we should talk about the actual movie now. Yeah, I mean, do we do we want to chit chat about the movie a bit, or do just get into the summary? You know, Christy, just take take us away. Tell us the summary of Swan Princess Ten: A Royal Wedding. All right, yes, let's get into it. Ah, here it is: the summary of Swan Princess Ten. The film begins with a flashback showing how Chen became cursed by the Emperor's sorcerer, Fang. Chen was an artist who was working on adding Mei Li and the rest of her family to the royal mural. Fang saw Chen and Princess Mei Li kiss, and reported this to the Emperor, who gave Fang the order to transform Chen into a dragon. Mei Li tells all this to Odette, who encourages Mei Li to return home now that the spell on Chen has been broken. Mei Li is fearful of what her father will think, and whether Fang will simply cast another spell on Chen. Odette volunteers herself and Derek to return with Mei Li to explain things to the Emperor. Odette and the others sail off. The group arrives in Cathay, and Derek, Odette, and Prince Li go on ahead to speak to the Emperor, while Mei Li and Chen remain on the boat. 
Odette reads to the Emperor a poem she wrote, explaining in metaphor the events of the last film. The Emperor, remorseful about hurting his daughter, immediately gives his approval for Meili and Chen to marry. Meanwhile, Meili's nerves get the better of her, and believing that her father would never approve of their marriage, runs off into the wilderness with Chen. Princely and Derek manage to track the couple down and tell them the good news. While the group is returning home, Meili lags behind and is confronted by Fang. You will never marry Chen. Why are you so determined to ruin our happiness? Why? Because Chen will be mine. You love Chen? <laughs> yes. And I will be his wife. Why would Chen choose you? I have a better question, princess. Why would Chen choose you? Fang casts a spell on Mei Li, turning her into an old woman. Fang tells the already weak Mei Li that she will grow weaker each day and die when Fang marries Chen. Fang also tells Mei Li that no one will ever believe her, not even Odette. Fang leaves the frail Mei Li behind in the woods and transforms herself into an exact duplicate of Mei Li, which completely fools Chen, the Emperor, and even Derek and Odette. <laughs> Back at the palace, the disguised Fang excuses herself and returns moments later in her true form, claiming that she saw in her tea leaves that Queen Huberta is deathly ill. Derek and Odette make plans to return home when they come across the real Mei Li. Odette does not recognize the old woman as Mei Li, and Mei Li is quickly ushered away by the Emperor's guards. Derek and Odette's ship sails off, and not too long after, Scully appears, who cheerfully says that Huberta asked him to check up on them. When Scully confirms that Huberta is not on her deathbed, Derek and Odette realize that Fang lied to them, and that Meili may be in danger. When Derek and Odette return to Cathay, they get Scully to pass on a message to Huberta and Lord Rogers, asking them to join them in Cathay as backup. Derek and Odette sneak back into the castle and meet with Prince Lee, who tells them that before they go to the Emperor, they must find proof that Fang is up to no good. Prince Lee shows them the Sorcerer's Flame, a magical fire that gives Fang her power. The flame can only be extinguished by a member of the royal family, and Prince Lee knows that the Emperor will not be willing to do this without due cause. Thus begins Derek and Odette's attempts to uncover Fang's evil scheme. Believing the old woman is somehow connected, Derek and Odette search the town for her with no luck. Meanwhile, Huberta and Lord Rogers have arrived with Odette's animal friends in tow, disguised as the famous singer Madame Lacroix and her manager. While Huberta and Rogers distract Fang and the Emperor, Odette's animal friends sneak into Fang's lair. There they manage to uncover a secret device that projects a hologram of Fang kissing Chen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard that right. A, a hologram. hologram. You know, as you do. Uh-huh. The hologram device is brought back to Derek and Odette, who pass it on to Prince Lee. Soon after, Derek and Odette come across the real Mei Li, but before she can explain what happened, Fang casts another spell which steals her voice. The real Mei Li faints at the sight of the disguised Fang, who requests that the old woman be taken to the royal cottage to be looked after. The disguised Fang sneaks off, transforming back to her true form in an alleyway to gloat about how no one knows the old woman is the real Mei Li. This is witnessed by Derek and Odette, who run off, revealing their presence to Fang. The old woman is Mei Li. Come on. 
Mao Feng, what's the rule? Look both ways before changing. It's a simple rule. Feng uses her magic to trap Derek and Odette in the royal mural. Derek and Odette can only watch from inside the mural as Feng gloats that Meili will die when Chen and her are officially married. Meanwhile, the real Meili is being tended to by Ru, the royal tutor, who does his best to comfort her. Still unable to talk, the real Meili begins to cry, and we see that her portrait in the royal mural also begins to tear up. Elsewhere, Prince Li brings the Emperor the hologram, and the Emperor decides to extinguish the flame to protect Meili. Just before he can do so, Fang appears, and manages to convince the Emperor that she'll willingly leave Cathay, never to return. The Emperor reluctantly agrees, and Fang slinks off, happy that she now has the perfect excuse to give up her double life and assume Meili's identity full-time. I never could have planned this better myself. Fang is no more, never to be seen again. I will now and forever be May Lee. <laughs> Careful, girl. That's a Fang laugh. <laughs> Much better. The day of the wedding arrives, and the procession is underway. While the disguised Uberta sings the wedding song, the real Meili thinks of Chen, which causes her to shed a single tear. This also makes her portrait shed a tear, which travels down the mural and touches Derek on Odette's portrait, somehow freeing them. <laughs> Derek and Odette interrupt the wedding just in time, announcing to the Emperor that Fang is disguised as Meili. For further proof, Rue arrives with the old Meili, and Odette tells her, I believe you, which breaks the curse Fang placed on her. <laughs> Chen rejects Fang, who quickly begins using her magic to send all but Odette, Prince Li, and Meili into the royal mural. As Prince Li rushes off to extinguish the sorcerer's flame, Fang transforms into a giant fire-breathing snake and begins pursuing Meili. But Odette sacrifices herself to block Meili from the fire. At that same moment, Prince Li manages to extinguish the sorcerer's flame, destroying both Fang's power and Fang herself. This releases everyone from the mural, and they all rush to find Odette and Mei Li. Thankfully, Odette is only lightly singed, and eventually makes a full recovery. The film ends with Derek and Odette preparing to head back home, with the royal family of Cathay thanking Derek and Odette for their help, and they reveal that Mei Li and Chen have been married off-screen. Important question, Brie. Was this uh -huh. film worth a two and a half year wait for you? I wasn't waiting that long. Um, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we had started uh, the podcast mm -hmm. before it came out, so I guess it was a two year wait. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't for me like it was for you. Yeah, um, I guess you still had the other films that you were you had to work your way through. So exactly. Uh, okay. So I mean, uh, <laughs> it was. 
wasn't as fun as some of the other sequels have been, but it wasn't boring. So that was good. Yeah. Like it was it was it was fun, but it wasn't as fun. Yeah. What what is still is the the movie with the flying squirrels? Is that still your favorite? I think, you know, I think something about the absolute absurdity <laughs> of that one really just captures my heart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's hard not to just yeah, with the plot being the evil swan princess and the big spooky yeah. ghost cloud. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the the army of flying squirrel guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but this one was I mean it was good. How about I think the real question here, Christy, is was it worth it for you? I... Was it worth your highly anticipated <laughs> two and a half year wait? Yeah. I I would say I mean, I think it did a good job. I'm glad that it was entertaining enough that I, I don't know, like, I, I did enjoy myself. I guess, I think what you said was pretty fair. It's not the most off the wall the series has been. Um, there were some things about the movie that irritated me, but for the most uh-huh. part, I was, like, all of, like, the weirdness, like, the usual weirdness that I expect to see in a Swan Princess movie was there. And so... <laughs> I, I'm glad that it wasn't bad, at least. Like, if we had watched this movie and it was just, like, a slog to get through. Like, if this was um, uh, the the pirate movie. Oh, yeah. Because if you had the, waited two and a half years to watch the pirate one. Yeah, yeah. That would have been. Oh, that would have been tragic. Yeah. So it wasn't that. And I, I enjoyed myself. It was fun getting to see it. Uh, real time with you right beside me. <laughs> I imagine if you listen to the recording, it's a lot of huh? Yeah. Yeah. What? A lot of confusion. Um, Like, why is Uberta missing her eyebrows and her face? <laughs> Sometimes they just leave. You know? Yeah. She forgot yeah. to put them on that day. Well, and then it was, like, a weird, like, confusion of, like, oh, like, did she not have eyebrows? Have I forgotten that she didn't have eyebrows? <laughs> no, she's just missing eyebrows for some reason. They come back later. Yeah, they come back later. They just mm-hmm. didn't get rendered in some of the shots for some reason. <laughs> yeah, which, I don't know, it's just kind of, the f- that's the fun of the Swan Princess yeah, series. Yeah, sometimes these things just, you know. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. It's it's just, it's, Yeah. I, I will yeah. say one one little fun, not, not so much a fact, I guess, but one little fun thing to share is that when I put the DVD in the DVD player, um, I remembered back to when I first ordered this movie, because of course I like pre-ordered this shit. Of course. Um, and originally the release of this movie was delayed and they emailed us to say that it was going to be delayed because... The DVDs had the wrong movie on them. <laughs> so oh, I, no. I I have an email from someone um uh like at the Swan Princess website who was like telling me like oh, okay like we need to re wait for the the DVDs to be reprinted. And so I when I finally did get my order, there was a part of me that was like, how do I know that the right movie is on this DVD? What if 
you had gotten a DVD for just Swan Princess uh, 4. Yeah. Or it's 6. I don't know. What if it had just been a different whole movie? Exactly. And we popped it in and had all of this set up and finally got Steve. And it was the wrong film. Exactly. I was so, I was so like worried about that. And like the only way that I would have been able to confirm it was the right movie would have been to play it. And I was so worried that Steve would use that as an excuse. He's like, oh, the, the cling film is off of this DVD. <laughs> I know you watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank God it was the real movie because if it, if it ended up, it wasn't Swan Princess 10, we would have been <laughs> fucked. <laughs> the, the the podcast would have been over because Christy would have been so despondent. Yeah. She could never watch another bad princess film. Yeah. Like, I think I just, I would have just rage quit. Yeah. Because we would have had to, like, we, I guess we would have just had to watch some of the other Swan Princess movies or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. But so, very glad that it was the actual movie. Oh. Uh. But okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it here. I think... I think my number one thing that I disliked about this movie was Fang. Yeah, I, w- I was just about to say. Yeah. Ugh. She is so irritating in this movie. And just, I don't know, just the way her character is performed in this in... The previous film, granted, we didn't see much of Fang, but she was very stoic and just like the shadowy, like mysterious villain, just kind of lurking in the background. You didn't really know what her deal was. Um, And obviously, they had to do something with her in this movie. Um, But what they chose to do was have her be really childish. And I just found it so irritating. Good job, Fang! Note to self, remind the Emperor of my skills more often. I give myself an 8 on that one. No, 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 no. 8.5! 8.5 for sure! <clears throat> yeah, it's like... She... There was some interesting potential for, like, a spooky villain. Mm-hmm. Or, like, at least someone with some... Gravitas. Some modicum of, like, gravitas or, like, threat. Mm-hmm. But, like, Fang's out here making goofy faces and being like, Ho ho! What a good burn, Fang! You did a great job! And you're like, alright, girl, alright, cool, yeah, cool, and cool. Maybe just chill. I don't know. Yeah, it was just... Just talking to herself. And, yeah. Yeah. And it was just so, so obnoxious. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the Swan Princess series has a real problem with series villains. They never want to make a villain, like, just be serious. And all, they always have to have this silly element to it. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's they're still trying to chase the high of Rothbart from the very first movie. Because Rothbart, he, he like, he definitely had a silly side to him like he was just yeah but at the same time like he was a serious threat he he like like straight up like killed odette's dad um you know like there there was some menace to the guy yeah some actual menace that behind the bravado like he could back it up i guess is maybe 
the distinction is that he was the silly dude, but it was all part of like the front that he put up. And when the gloves were down, he like wasn't afraid to throw down, wasn't afraid to turn off the, the smarm and just get down to business and start trying to fucking kill Derek in his big animal form. Yeah. But especially with the CGI sequels, and, and I mean, we saw it, like, when Rothbard came back from the dead. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like, they always have to make them silly and goofy, and I guess Which, it's... it's... It must be for for making it for kids, but, like, the original Swan Princess was also for kids. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. It's, Because, uh, like... There was some real potential, but like mm-hmm. every step of the way from her motivation to how she goes about her plan to everything is just so bizarre and nonsensical. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's just, it's, I think what gets me is that when she's in the Melee disguised. Um, like, she's very good at playing as Mei Li. She just conducts herself in a much different manner. And I think it works, like, it just works really well. Like, you could really buy why people believe that this is the real Mei Li. Cause it, yeah. But because she's so good at playing Mei Li, it just, it, I don't know, like, it just feels very weird where it's like, well, why can't you just be serious all the time? Like, why as soon as you return to your usual form, your your actual form, do you start being, like, this, like, goofy, like, weird, silly, hard-to-take serious character? Yeah, it's, like, ugh. It's just kind of disappointing. Yeah. Because yeah. especially when you see her in the previous movie and she's just this sort of shadowy figure and you're expecting something. But, eh. Yeah. And, like, then maybe. You get this. And, and maybe, like, she could have become, like, the new big bad of the series because they haven't really had a dedicated villain since Rothbart. They've. And, and this is something that, like, kind of comes up in the. The original sequels, so the Swan Princess 2 and 3 that we we skipped to get to the CGI movies. (laughs) But those villains were tied to Rothbart. And so Rothbart was kind of like the Ganondorf of the Swan Princess Ah. series. Where it felt like even though, even like for the movies that he wasn't physically in, his presence was still felt. You know, again, even when Ganondorf isn't like in... Even when Ganon isn't in the games, he's usually, like, behind the big bad who is. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, maybe they could have had it where Fang is, like, now, you know, like, Fang gets um, defeated in this movie, and then she swears revenge on Derek and Odette, and then maybe she's, like... She becomes the new evil cloud, because she is a sorceress. Yeah! And she has, like... Like, it seems like she has fairly unlimited power so long as she has the sorcerer's flame. Yeah. She just uses it to try and get with the dude who's not interested. Who has maybe barely met her or doesn't really (laughs) know her. Yeah. Um, Like, it's never sort of explained how or why Fang is in love with Chen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And especially for, like, for all of the trouble that she goes through to try and marry him, I feel like you really need to establish, like, why? Why does she want to do this? Why is she risking, like, her position in court? As Like, she's, like, she's kind of the Emperor's most trusted advisor. It's, it's yeah. kind of the role she plays. Yeah, she's, like, his his right-hand sorceress. Yeah. So why So she's got she's got it pretty good already. Yeah. She's basically like second in command. So why what is it about Chen that she likes and we never find that out. I don't think we even see them interact until she starts pretending to be Mei Li. So what like we What's need the, a, Yeah. We need some like kind even, of even if she had like if her motivation had been like I will marry him and then I will, like, I don't mind being Mei Li for the rest of my life because that means I have power or something. Like, like a political power because maybe she wants something but the emperor is like, hell no. Uh, and she just can't use, you know, sorcery to do it. But if she, like, if she became the princess and, you know, married well, this guy and then blah, blah, blah. That would make that would be something. It's more it's than funny. nothing. <laughs> You're I I know you mentioned you haven't seen uh Swan the first Swan's Princess in a little while. Uh-huh. But that's kind of what Rothbart's um Rothbart's goal was because he could have just taken Odette's kingdom by force, but he very explicitly says in the movie that he would rather get her kingdom the old-fashioned way because then he doesn't have to worry about people trying to, like, her kingdom trying to usurp him. Yeah. So he oh, wants yeah, to, yeah, yeah. wants to marry her so that he, like, gets the kingly power in, uh, yeah, I guess a more legal way. <laughs> in a less, you know, throw overthrow the evil guy who who stole the throne and more yeah you know overthrew the guy guy. actually is just the king yeah yeah which is like a little like i mean his plan kind of falls apart when you think about how i mean yeah he like kidnapped the princess and was holding her hostage until she said yes (laughs) so it's not really like it's not really like that's much better but you know no details 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 Uh, but yeah we really yeah. We we needed a scene where we saw I don't know even like like maybe like Chen somebody has a conversation with Chen and he explains like I don't know like maybe he grew up with Fang or something or they were childhood friends or I don't know some bullshit just to like just to have some kind of explanation as to why she would literally kill the the crown princess yeah and and like completely destroy her own identity. Yeah. Um in order to be with this guy. Yeah, like god. And uh, sorry, and you you raised a point there too. Like yeah, this is specifically Fang. Fang's ultimate goal is that Meili will die once she marries Chen. And that's another thing that makes her silliness really weird because it's just I don't know, it just doesn't really match with me this this end goal of killing Meili with like this very like silly almost like kind of like I don't know again like this high school mentality that or high school acting sorceress it just she's so immature I don't know it yeah. just 
She's like silly, goofy, immature, but then she's like, I will do a murder. Yeah. But she will also not do a direct murder. Yeah. That would actually like guarantee her success. She literally turns her into an old lady and leaves her on a mountain. It's like, you could just, like, if your goal is for her to die, just kill her? Yeah. Just like, get over I know this. it's a kid's movie. I know you couldn't do that. I know that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. I get it. But also, it makes no sense. Like, if you think about it for 30 seconds, it doesn't make any sense why she would go about this. Like, what? Yeah, it's, it should have, I think it should have been, and this is, I guess this is maybe the problem of her having unlimited magic. Because there should have been a limit to what she could do. Um, Like, I think maybe instead... There should have been something like, in order for her to take Maylee's form, she had to, like, draw from Maylee somehow. So maybe, like, she would have to keep Maylee alive so oh, that she, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I also feel like they should have used that whole mural thing a bit more in the story. Because um, it's, like, a fun visual to have... Derek and Odette trapped in this mural. I mean, they do a shit job of it, we should, we, I should say. <laughs> because... The- being trapped in the mural just means you're in a sort of a dark space and Ugh. can look out from the mural, but like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's just like a, like a um a one way or like a, a one way mirror or, thing. Yeah, yeah, or two way mirror. Yes, yes, what? that's a two way mirror. Or I don't know, some kind of some bullshit. But <laughs> I like I was kind of hoping for like a Paper Mario kind of thing where. Oh yeah. You know, you see, you see the two D Derek and Odette, which would have been a fun reference to the original uh, film to see them yeah. in their, their traditionally animated forms. Um, but they really should have done something with that. So maybe it could have been like Maylee is trapped in the mural, and that's like, and so long as she's trapped in the mural, Fang is able to impersonate her. So maybe it has to be like Derek and Odette have to discover this and then free Mei Lee from the mural. Yeah, that would have been at least something more than turn her into an old lady that will eventually die. Yeah, turn her into an old lady that just wanders the town telling people to believe her, but never explaining what they should believe her about. Like, the fact that she goes to Odette and is like, I'm Mei Lee... And you're, and Odette is like, oh, that's weird. You are, <laughs> you, ma'am, you were turned into a swan. You helped these two the, the, get together. The man was a dragon. This, this is a, just a thing that occurs. And I get like, maybe it, it, it could just be like, oh, you know, it's some old lady who, you know, it. Yeah. Well, the, they try. It's very confused at the, yeah. at in her at her age and all that sort of blah blah blah. But like, she clearly has like a weird feeling about it. Yeah. When it happens, and then she's like, "Well, I guess it's nothing." Yeah. Well, and like even like the scene, like you're almost giving the scene too much credit because you need to really explicitly say how Maylee comes up to Odette. 
She says, I'm Mei Li. And then immediately a soldier comes to, like, shove this old woman away. And Odette just, like, fucking stands there as this soldier, like, sh- like shoves this just old lady shoves away. this old lady away. And it's, and gr- it's kind of great. It's really, it's all... <sighs> It's ridiculous in multiple ways. Because, mm-hmm. like, Odette being this kind, this, this, like, beacon of kindness, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Probably should have been like, hey, leave her alone. Like, she's she's got something to say. Like, what's she saying? Yeah. Or, like, Maylee, why didn't you just say, Fang turned me into an old lady? Yeah. That's like, seven more words. You should have just said it. Like what? It like just squeeze at, that it in at there. least just squeeze it in there. It was less. You used less words than a message spell in fucking D and D. You could have. <laughs> you could have told her. Yeah. Anything more than I am Maylee. This, like, come on. This is kind of like the hands of the writer. This is the hands of someone who is going. Okay, we need this scene. To happen to set up Derek on a debt, wanting to find this old woman, but we also can't reveal the mystery to them too too early. So we're gonna just deliberately write Maylee in a way that she just looks kind of dumb because she just doesn't tell Odette what's going on when she has the chance. Yeah. Like I get, I get you're an old lady. Maybe mm. and maybe Odette could be excused because at that point they think Uberta is dying or something and she's got like things to do but maylee seven more words yeah seven more words yeah it's they do try and act like this woman this old woman is senile and she doesn't know what she's saying and it's like i i get that and i think that could work for what they're trying to do but they really don't portray it in a believable way it's nope. it's not it's not an old woman being confused it's an old woman who knows what she wants to say and people are kind of like just ignoring her or like yeah I, <sighs> like maybe they should have done like a mama coco thing where she was like legit in this form she doesn't remember but like, then i guess like I don't know, you'd have to portray that scene differently where maybe, like, she thinks Odette is familiar but doesn't know why. You know, like, she's just this old old woman with, like, uh, advanced memory problems. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of ways that they could have done it to make it make sense. Yeah. And they chose none of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. It is. It is just really funny to see Odette, who, of course, in the, the, the Flying Squirrel movie, we saw was literally just the beacon of goodness whose very presence meant that evil couldn't exist on Earth. Um, and she has this moment of shooing away the old lady. There's also an earlier moment in the beginning of the film where Maylee asks Odette if she can stay, if she and Chen can stay <laughs> with her. Yeah, can because... they just stay in the, in their sort of kingdom They're... because they didn't want to go back and be separated by her dad again? yeah. And and Maylee asks this to Odette, and Odette like acts like really like taken aback by it, like, oh, uh, okay. I want to ask a hard thing. Then please ask. Can we stay here, Chen and I? Oh, I 
Oh, forgive me. It is too much to ask. Well, will you be truly happy here? Like, I, th I think the idea is that she's like, you would not be happy here. You should go home because you it would really suck. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be away from my home forever. But the way it's sort of portrayed is like, can we stay here? And Odette's like, uh, 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 I, don't, I, uh, I don't want you to is the thing. Do you have to? Yeah. It's it's just like a weird, it, and they could have very easily fixed it by just portraying it differently, where she just goes like, I mean, you're welcome to stay, but are you? Well, but she even says, like she, yeah, like she does, she has that like reaction, and then she says like, but will you be happy here? Like just just cut out that weird reaction where she, yeah, <laughs> where she's like clearly doesn't want them there. <laughs> yeah, she clearly doesn't want to say yes. Oh God. Uh, hey, hey, yeah? Christy. Yeah. Do you think they'll do more with the hologram technology? <laughs> oh God! I... And and the like apparent deep fakes that they can make of people doing oh, holograms. Fuck. Yeah, I. So okay, yeah. Let's let's just talk about this hologram. Yeah, sorry, I like I'm I'm watching it again, obviously, and they just got to the hologram part, and I'm like, why the fuck does yeah. <laughs> like what is yeah. this? I don't. It couldn't know. have been like it couldn't have been like Fang's secret diary that they find where she like laid out her plan. It yeah. couldn't have been like the spells that she's using, or or even like her <sighs> rambling of how much she loves Shen. Mm -hmm. No, it mm -hmm. is a disc. It is like a, a little disc, like the size of a, a DVD, and you press a button, and it shows an actual hologram yeah. of her and Shen kissing, which, with no established backstory or background between the two of them, I have to assume is just something she created with magic to be like a loop of her kissing the guy she likes. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is a whole, this is, this is a... a rabbit hole that we need to go down a little bit <laughs> because yeah this is and this is another problem the swan princess series has because they seem to prefer science over magic except for when the villains are performing magic yeah. but like fang as you said fang's an evil sorceress like why why can't she show just some mat like some magic dealy do that shows her love for Chen, you know? Like, I, I liked your idea about the spell book. Like, they open up a spell book, and she's got something in there about taking another person's identity. Like, that would have been a perfect setup yeah, for them or, to- Or even, like a, like, a, like, a really unhinged diary where she talks about how much she loves Chen, and it just shows that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's got some- Yeah. Some real feelings. Yeah, like a like a Hey Arnold, uh, you know, Helga <laughs> Shrine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they almost they almost kind of do that where they're like they the animals like uncover like a you know I forget what they do but they like press a button or something and then a bunch of candles appear and that reveals this portal device that makes a hologram show up. It could have just been like a portrait of Chen or something. You know what? Maybe it's like I mean, because Chen is an artist, maybe. <laughs> 
before maybe before Fang became a sorcerer, she and Chen went to art school together. Ah, there it is. Yes, they both. You know, yeah. So she she paints his portrait, and and that's what's in her. You know, she's got it signed Fang with a big heart or some some I don't know something. And have something that, more than nothing at all. Yeah, just have that hidden in the layer instead of this fucking hologram device. <laughs> Man, I yeah, it's. Ugh. I assume it's a hologram device because they wanted something handheld for Derek and Odette to pick up and cart around, and it's an easy thing they could give to Princely, and then Princely could then give to his dad. Whatever, but the thing is, is that Fang's lair is in the castle. They could have just kept whatever, like, thing that reveals her evil scheme in the portrait, and then just, like, like the Emperor, like, just gets brought down there to see it. Yeah. Like, is, why yeah, did, like, this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Man. Richard Rich. Richard we, Rich. What? We've got some we've got some notes and we've got some things to like. Yeah. Can can we redo this movie for you, Richard Rich? <laughs> I I on that note, the the ending of this film where it gets revealed <laughs> that we don't even get to fucking see the real Mei Lee and Chen get married. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It just happens off screen. What the fuck? The royal that's, wedding that's in the title. Yeah. We don't, we don't even, get to see it. We don't it's, get to but see don't, it. But it's fine. That is horseshit. <laughs> Could you imagine if at the end oh. of, of Disney's Little Mermaid, that at the very end after they defeat Ursula, King Triton just like comes on screen and he just goes, wow, you know, that was a real exciting adventure we just had. And... And my Ariel got to marry Eric, and also she's a human again. Well, I'm glad everything worked out. The end. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, this is, this Whoa. wedding has, I know that it was a subplot in the last film, but it was still, like, kind of an important part of the main plot, where Meili and Chen wanted to just be together. And so this has been... Something we've been building to for the last two, or like the last movie and into this movie. So for two films, we have been building towards them being able just to be together. And we don't even get to see them get (laughs) married. (laughs) I don't know why they did it that way. It's so disappointing. Even because like, I guess they spent a lot of the movie setting up the like fake melee slash fang and and chen movie or movie uh wedding um (laughs) and they didn't want to have to rehash all of that but it's like you could have just had them be like facing each other and do a crossfade to mid-wedding yeah just had like like 10 seconds showing their actual wedding yeah and then cut back to what you already have like that's that's really all you would it would have taken yeah well, like, the the ending of this film, where they're basically, they're gathered just to say goodbye to Derek and Odette and everybody, we don't need that. I don't know if they were, like, concerned that if they, we didn't see Derek and Odette leave, that, like, they were worried that, I don't know, like, people are gonna, like, the kids watching this are gonna think that they never went back home. K- 
kids are smarter than you give them credit for. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, you, you can assume that they would go home afterwards. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. Take that time and that energy and put it towards animating uh, Chen and Mei Li getting actually married. And you can just have the closing of the film being at their wedding. You could probably still have the same conversations. You just have to, like, I don't know, just frame... Just stage the scene a little differently so that we get to see them kiss and then they have their goodbyes. Whatever. It just, it's, oh shit. You know, I just, okay. <laughs> I just had this thought. Okay. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. That was, that no, was it's okay. That was, that was a revelation. I did. I did have a revelation. Okay. And granted, this is, I don't know if this would work for Mei Li because obviously this is their, their kingdom is based on China. And so they don't have the same wedding customs as we do. But just picture if they if they did um, the the bouquet toss or or something similar. What if like Mei Li did the bouquet toss and then Uberta caught it and then she's standing next to Lord <laughs> Rogers? <laughs> and then your act instead of the ship sailing away, it would be your ship sailing yes, into port. Sh- yes, exactly. Oh, I would have loved that. <laughs> oh. Oh, I will. We gotta, we gotta talk about their moment in this film because I, it was, it's the number one thing I like about this movie. Uh huh. Um. So I guess to explain, so, oh, um, Uberta and Lord Rogers have this kind of like sub B plot, I guess, where there's a whole thing where because Fang has. Uh, like, Fang has a book that Uberta wrote all about Uberta, and because of that, they think that Uberta and Rogers need disguises or else Fang will recognize them. So they come to Cathay, and Uberta has taken the disguise of this famed singer, and Lord Rogers is her manager. So the whole film is Lord Rogers trying to convince Uberta that she shouldn't be trying to pretend to be a singer because she's got like a bad singing voice or whatever. He just doesn't want her to sing. But then at the end, Uberta sings at the fake Maylie's wedding and she has this lovely song about, you know, being in love and how your love saved me and blah, blah, blah. Your love comes to rescue me just in time. Giving all we reach me just in time. Everything, all I could do, one love, or sing, now makes a new forever dream for us. And in this scene, she makes eye contact with Rogers, and she's just very, like, it's just, it's just a wonderful, like, sustained eye contact, and it says so much as she's singing about love and looking at him, and he's looking oh back God. at her, and it's just, like, I love it. It's like, why is this in this movie? This is too good for this fucking film. It's so good. Oh. It's just, like, this, this sweet little moment between them, and then, like, 
like she nails the song and like lord rogers is like so like in the first like movie uberta had this like lip quiver thing and i i i forget like if they've done it in the cgi sequels but R- lord rogers lip begins to quiver and it's like a cute little thing like he's so overcome with emotion and it's the same thing uberta does and it's so fucking cute oh <laughs> just so good oh at least if nothing else you had that I did. I did have that. Although it's like kind of undercut by Uberta, um, like immediately after she finds out that that Ma- the Melee is a fake uh, Melee, she rips off her disguise and just like it, just hell breaks loose. Yeah, that was, that was a little weird to me. I feel like Uberta should be smart enough not to like immediately reveal herself yeah. in the moment. I, the one like. The way they designed Uberta's disguise, the Madame Lacroix. Yeah. Yeah. Like the sparkling drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could tell they had so much fucking fun animating her. Yeah. Because she does not have to look pretty at all at any point. So they were able to just like take her face and mush it around. And it's very, very fun. Like, I liked looking at her, what she was doing in that costume. Because I was like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, like, she is um, hamming it up. Like, even, like, her poses. Like, she is very much into this fantasy that she's this world-renowned singer. And it and it shows in her yeah. animation and expressions. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's also... A, it, like, why would you just tear it off at the end? You blew yeah. it. Yeah, And it's, I will say, it is very weird that they're able to do this very, like, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but this, like, perfect, like, face mask replacement thing. Like, whatever, I don't know. Again, it's it's science. Lord Rogers uses science to create, like, a perfect face mask that goes over Uberta's. Oh, right. Uberta's yeah, I forgot that he has face. those. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he just uses- has those. But it's just, I don't know, like, I wish that they kept her actual face and, like, she just wore a different wig or, like, you know, like, it was still clearly Uberta, but just in a different, uh, like, makeup or something. Yeah. Because that, it felt just a little weird to me that, like, I don't know, like, she had this perfect latex mask or whatever it was. Which yeah. again, again, if it wasn't science, if it was magic, I'd be I'd be on board because magic can do whatever. Because that's just magic, yeah. But, but like you know, can't but, have that. Yeah, no, nope. can't have the the. We, I think we've discussed before, like the 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 good characters, air quotes, can't use magic. Yeah, only the villains. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Just a weird hang up they have. so odd speaking of the faces yes um i feel like a lot of the characters and i think we we talked about this when we were watching it uh a lot of the characters got some upgrades like um odette looks really like it feels like they've updated her model for this film which was really nice like she looks really good Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like odette in previous films especially they always 
She was always just a little off, and we've talked about this in general with regards to pretty characters in animation, that sometimes it's mm-hmm. like, uh, the, the, like they, there's almost like this stranglehold. You don't want to like risk making them quote-unquote unattractive, so there's very yeah. stilted looking. But yeah, it does, I feel like they've made her look a lot more, yeah, just like something about her feels a lot more natural, like she's got something about her face like she doesn't feel like she's a sculpted barbie doll that can't express emotion yeah and like the textures and the and everything i feel like they just like they they stepped it up for the characters in this film which was really nice to see Mm -hmm. it makes it weird that they haven't made any more I, yeah, we were talking about this at the movie night, and I was trying to dig up through my emails because I know at some point in, like, the Swan Princess newsletter or on their website or somewhere that they expressly mentioned that they had received the green light from Sony on producing a certain number more of Swan Princess movies. So I was trying to figure out if I, I couldn't I couldn't find the email and I'm so sad about that because I am so curious if we've maybe <laughs> reached that end. Like if maybe they only had up to I Oh that would be so I would be so upset. Yeah. For some reason in my head I want to think that it was at least eleven, like up to Swan Princess eleven, but I'm not sure about that, and I can't confirm it without finding the email again. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been over two years now, and we have not heard any mention, at least as far as I I've, I could tell, about an upcoming Swan Princess movie. Which two years is not a lot of time. You, it, it's a very short, in fact, amount of time to make a, an animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, however. It's only long considering the timelines of the previous films. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, for for a while, they were pumping out a new Swan Princess movie, like, every year, year and a half. So this definitely feels like, I don't know, there has been some kind of pause. Again, though, the, for the this movie was released during COVID, so I maybe things are just slow to start. I don't know. Their newsletter, I've ranted about this before, their newsletter sucks. <laughs> it's it's always just Odette trying to shill products to you. It's never, like, fun behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, here's, like, the upcoming movie or, like, what we're working on. Just, hey, what's up? Uh, did you know you can buy all these products on our yeah. store? Happy New Year! A new year has arrived, and with it, more, many more swanderful adventures. They always say swanderful. <laughs> swanderful. Mm-hmm. And they tell you it's Lord Roger's birthday in January, so if you want, you could go buy a Swan Prince's locket that has the January birthstone in it. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Lord Rogers. Yeah, happy birthday to you. I'm sorry that Huberta won't put a ring on your finger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, God. Oh, what else? Oh, where? What else? There's like. There's definitely stuff we still need to touch on. Oh, yeah. Um. 
I I kind of laughed at how um, Elise and Lucas are nowhere to be seen in this movie. Um, oh yeah, they've gone. They've gone to uh, Borromeo Bur- for the Tulip Festival. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. Don't worry about it. Um, which feels like a real jerk off move to do. Not even there to say goodbye to Prince Lee. Um, after what happened yeah, what the in the hell? last film, I I imagine that it was probably like they didn't want to get the voice actors back or something. Like maybe they yeah, didn't want to have to pay them for what would probably be like one line. Um, yeah, but just have them like on the docks waving from the shore or something. Any anything more than nothing at all. Yeah, because it's just especially because. Uh, like, they even comment on Elise, and, like, the, the events of the last film. Uh, Maylee, like, and Prince Lee have a little conversation about it, and Prince Lee says, like, Elise will always be very special to him. And so for her to, like, not be there to sh- just she just goodbye, She just fucking left. She was yeah. like, I gotta go. Bye. Bye. We gotta, gotta go, go do tulips. fucking tulips or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah. that said, though, Prince Lee does get... Uh, a second love in this film, um, a character. Oh, that's true. A character. Does she who... never get a name? No. Um, she gets like named in the in the credits, I think, or like I. I mean, I. Oh God, did I write down her name? It shows up in the subtitles, actually. Oh. Oh no! Did I not write it down? Oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> Whoops. Well, she's never named out loud, so no. that's at least indicative. But she she's just like um just like a a peasant lady I guess who's just, just in a, town a kindly peasant lady who likes taking care of the homeless and old and needy yeah and I she, guess she volunteers to help look after the old May Lee um oh and she does help Lee at the end like too because there's we had to gloss over it in summary but there's like a bit more to dousing the the sorcerer's flame um. Where there's like a weird contraption and like a combination lock that only members of the royal family know the combination to. Yeah. But then they like, so Lee goes down to do it and it like, he he makes it work. Uh, or no, because uh, Fang had uh, messed with it. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to do it. It's not working. And then like, one of the ghosts of his ancestors shows up. <laughs> And is like, here, yeah. let me get that for you. And puts it back the way it should be. And then he does the combo lock. Mm-hmm. And then the the thing that it's supposed to do just fucking breaks anyway. Yeah, so that he just has to manually go climb up a chain to go and turn it, which he could have done without... Like, why did the, why did the ghost try to assist him then? I hope the ghost is still know. watching. I was like, oh shit, well, alright. Oh, well, I used up my ghost juice for yeah. the day, so I used up they're my on big, their own now, I guess. My, my big moment was spoiled. Oh. Which, I mean, I like, ghosts are just a thing. Yeah. I get it. But also, it's never established that uh, no. any, like, I don't know. It's very strange. The whole The whole mural thing is it feels very weird in this movie because it feels like it was supposed to be more important or like somehow explained like they just have a mural with all of their like porches of their ancestors which we're pretty sure were probably like i don't know like royalty free images of actual um 
like Chinese portraits. Yeah. That they just like, like photoshopped <laughs> into a collage. They just photoshopped those in. Um, it, it, there's a whole thing about how Shen is like adding their family to it, but mm-hmm. his like it doesn't look like the rest of the. the no. The mural the, at all. The style, like, sticks out very differently from, like, the traditional Chinese paintings. Yeah. Um, but, and then there's, like, the whole thing with, like, Meili's tears in, in like, real life being connected to her portrait, which is, like, it's never explained. I, no, don't worry about it, don't, I guess. Which is, don't worry about it. It's like a major plot point. It's how things eventually get resolved is she fucking cries and the portrait cries. But why? Like, if there's some magic in the portrait that lets them connect to the ancestors who are portrayed there, like, that needs to be explained in the movie. <laughs> it needs to have some kind of something that's more than nothing at all. Much yeah. like a lot of things in this film. Yeah. Like, there's also, um, so, as as part of the wedding ceremony thing, they have, there's this importance of the veil, and there's this big, uh, like, importance of the moment where Chen will lift the veil and look into Meili's eyes, and that's, like, the moment where they're married. Um, so when they are traveling to Cathay, uh, Rue gives, Rue gives Meili a veil, and she's very gracious for it. It's it's kind of shown in the film that that Rue is like a second father to both Meili and Prince Lee. Um, and the the veil that Rue gives Meili has a very specific design on it. And she's again, she's so happy to receive this. She's gonna wear it. Blah blah blah. When it comes time for the fake Meili to get married, not only is she not wearing the veil that Rue gave her. But as Rue picks up the old lady Meili to bring her to the wedding, she drops the veil that he gave her and he looks at it and there's just like this like kind of blank look on his face. And yeah, it's a, like, that's, that's a plot point yeah, that you set up. That you, and like, he, we were like, oh, he's going to recognize her. And then he just like walks away and it doesn't seem like he connects the dots at all. Not, but, not at all. Zero percent. But, like, that's, like, the perfect setup for, like, him to realize that she was telling the truth. And she is Meili. Yeah. And it, it just, it doesn't happen. And it's like, well, why did you fucking introduce this plot point? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's a plot point that they introduced so early and so... Yeah. I, yeah, I don't this, know. This is why for other movies that we've watched on this podcast, we are we often remark how we're sometimes pleasantly surprised when things that are set up are paid <laughs> off. Because sometimes you get movies like this where you get set up and then it just they just toss it into the wind and, and it never comes back. <sighs> Wonderful. I do uh. I do appreciate that we're carrying on the Swan Princess tradition of us being able to propose like significant di- <laughs> like three different versions of the film. Hey Richard. Mr. Richard, Rich. Richard Rich. Richard Rich, we have some more ideas for you. Yeah. Again. Yeah. We've got a lot of different <laughs> notes for you. Uh please just pick just one of these. Just collect them all into a book and be like, "Listen, 
Yeah. I know you can't change the ones that are already out, but maybe we can consult on the next one. Yeah, come on, please? Please? Oh, God. I, ho- I hope there's a next one. If there isn't, if this is the end of the Swan Princess movies, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> it was, it's been so nice having a regular bad princess movie to look forward to without question i know that the swan princess series is gonna give me another movie and it's gonna be great it's gonna automatically go in the pile to make my friends watch it (laughs) yeah i know they were pushing a while back they were because you know the hip new thing is live action remakes of animated films Um, oh no so they were pushing their own live action remake pretty hard i don't know where that's at because again their newsletter sucks and they never give you updates on actual movie stuff so i don't know if like if yeah things are just off the like there's this is it we've reached the end oh i (sighs) here's the thing Mm-hmm. If they made a live action remake of the first film, I I don't I don't believe they'd have the budget <laughs> to make the swan and the monster and everything no. look good. So it would still look like like bad CGI. Yeah, it and there's <sighs> Like, there's quite a few characters, like, the animal characters, yeah, like, Odette's animal form, like, there there are characters that would have to be, like, primarily CGI, and, like... Yeah. Oh. And having them, like, it is not easy. It takes a lot of time, tech, people, money, to make things blend between... <laughs> Yeah. Between live action and animated. Mm-hmm. And I don't I I don't think that's within the scope of um Yeah. Their current uh productions. No, and I guess yeah, I guess that would be something I would wonder about. Are they would they handle it all in house or would they like try and like, just, like, put, like, give the go-ahead to another company to produce the movie for them? I'm, I'd have to look it up. I don't know if Richard Rich has done live-action films. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... I, I googled Richard Rich, and one of the first things, uh, you know, like, when Google tells you suggestions about people also ask, uh, the first one was, was Richard Rich a real person? <laughs> was he real was we he, just don't he... know apparently... i mean i imagine they're talking about richie rich the car the, the comic it's, strip character it's apparently there was like um some kind of baron in the olden days of england that it was also named richard rich um but i just oh. really love that that was the first the first thing <laughs> all of these other all of these other ones person? like all of these other ones are talking about the, the animation Richard Rich. So that's just wonderful. <laughs> is he real? Is he just a manifestation? Is he, is he real? Yeah. We 
are, are we all just hallucinating the <gasps> the presence of the Richard Rich. of Richard Rich? Oh my god. Time will tell, I guess. And like the collective the collective hallucination is worn off, and that's why we're not getting any more princess the swamp princess no! movies. I do oh. believe in Richard Rich. I do. I do. I do, I do. Clap your hands, everyone. Uh, please, Richard Rich. <laughs> Just fucking marry Uberta and Lord Rogers, for God's sakes, before you end the series. Please. This one princess eleven, another royal wedding, and it's just <laughs> the actual royal wedding, and it's just Uberta and Rogers, and it's like fifteen minutes long. Yes, please. That's all we need for the love of God, I beg you. Ugh. <laughs> At least give this to Christy. Yes, just let me have this, or just even like put that in your fucking newsletter. You burned Lord <laughs> Rogers Mary off screen. Like, fine, whatever. Off-screen. So long you know as it what? happened. Just give the closure. Please. Let Christy have this. Yes, please. For the love of God. Oh, well. I'm trying to think well, if there's anything more to say about this one. Uh, probably. But, like, <laughs> man. Oh. I, I mean, I I would definitely recommend this for a movie night, if that wasn't obvious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh. I guess if anyone is wondering what's next for us, for related to the Swan Princess, um, we will definitely be taking a look at the second and third movies. So these are the... The traditionally animated sequels that we skipped over to get to the CGI ones. Um, I mean, we should probably go back and do the first one, too. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I haven't seen it for ages, so we'll probably go back and do one, two, three eventually. Yes, exactly. Even though one is, you know, good. Yeah, one is a decent movie. I have a lot of fondness for. Uh, but, yeah, we will we will get to those eventually. I think I would like to take a look at some non-Swan Princess Swan Lake movies. Oh yeah, okay, okay. There's um there's one in particular. You actually noticed it when you were at my house at Christmas where it's a, another Toei animation one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give me that 70s 80s anime goodness. Yeah, and oh, it's yes. It's been a while since I've watched that one, but I remember it was real fucking cute. So oh, I'm excited. I'm e- excited to show that one to you. There's also the Barbie Swan Lake that we'll need to take a look at oh, yes. as well. Yes, there's a whole there's a whole world of of other Swan Lake movies that aren't starring Odette the Swan Princess. So we're we're gonna take a look at some of those. And then hard, we'll... hard to believe, but we'll get there. We'll yeah, go, we'll go watch those. We'll watch I'm them. I'm excited, and we we shall we shall profile them on this podcast. Huzzah! Huzzah! And hooray! Huzzah! But I think that's hooray. probably. Our cue that this podcast is petering out. Yeah, so we, we should we should end the episode. <laughs> my my brain has not had to do a lot of think talking for much times the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think I've run out of, of good brain juice. Can't do it no more. Uh yeah, time to end the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> episode yeah. for now. So let's let's give Bree's brain some time to recover and oh, uh, God. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our outro stuff. So uh All if right. you 
have any recommendations for movies we should watch or any questions or comments, you could feel free to send those to badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like to check out clips from this movie or the other movies that we have profiled, you could feel free to look us up on Twitter at badprincessmov. And if you would like to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, you can do that at badprincessmovies.com. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! 2023, baby! Yeah! Woo! Woo! We did it! We made it to Swan Princess 10! I can't believe it, after all this time. Fuck you, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Just Just to end on a high note. Thank you for the hamburgers. I ate every single one that you left at my house. <laughs> they were a little crunchy by the by by once I got to like the last oh, no. one. But crunchy. I, I I mean yeah, it was mostly like the bread. Bread was a little stale, but I still oh. ate them. I did not turn my stove on for like a full five days after that party. Oh. I did not. I survived on leftover pizza and leftover McDonald's hamburgers and leftover vanilla poofs. Yeah. God. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Bye. Thanks. See you next time, everybody. You are here just in time. Each and every moment breathes new love forever. Oh.